This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, uh, we're still on the series of Freedom in Jesus, and uh, I believe you guys are getting more and more free. And uh, the topic of today is freedom to forgive. Freedom to forgive. Amen. And I think that's a pretty, pretty good topic. Uh, we've been going with a scripture all this month, and it's in 2 Corinthians. And it's basically dealing with uh, pulling down strongholds. He says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they're divine power to demolish strongholds. And a stronghold is a way of thinking that blocks you from thinking right in, in line with God's word. So a stronghold is, it could be a lie that the, you might be thinking on that may not be totally true. And it keeps us from walking in what I call the abundant life. And Jesus said he came that we may have life and have it what? More abundantly. And so there's, there's different degrees of Christians walking in the abundant life. And there's low level, medium level, and high level. And I want to be the high level Christian walking in the abundant life that God has for us. Amen. Amen. And so how do we do that? Well, we, we, we make sure that we captivate every thought. We bring the, every thought into obedience. We make sure our thoughts line up with God's thoughts. And if they line up with God's thoughts, see, God doesn't call us losers in the Bible. He calls us winners. He calls us conquerors. He says in all things, we always triumph. So God doesn't call us losers. The devil will, but God calls us winners. Why? Because we chose Jesus. And as soon as you choose Jesus, you come into the winning circle of life. Amen? And so you are a winner regardless of what it looks like, what you're struggling with, what opposition might be coming your way. You are a winner anyway because God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus no matter what it looks like. Like I like to say this, you don't lose, you just learn. You know, you may be going through a process and you might have had a little setback, but you don't lose. You know, the Holy Spirit will teach you. It will always be a teaching moment through trials and tribulations that we go through. And if, as long as we learn something, we can grow and move forward. Amen. Amen. And so hopefully we're going to learn how to walk in some love today. Amen. Amen. Love is the key. And we need to learn to walk in the love of God and uh, and, and, you know, the Holy Spirit will help us do that. And so, so, so we are exposing the lies of the devil through all the processes of the uh, series so we can walk in greater freedom. So, so let's look at this. Uh, Jesus actually said that in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. He actually says that. He said that the love of many and many will be offended. It's in Matthew 24, 10 through 12. He said that many will be offended. This is Matthew 24, 10 through 12. Many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because of lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. So uh, I don't know if you know you know, the season that we're in as a Christian, but we're, we're in the last days. And I like to say we're in the last of the last days. 
And so what does that mean, Pastor? Well, that means that Jesus is just about ready. He's getting off his seat, right? Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. But he's, he's, he's ready to come pick us up. Amen? He's looking for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, full of love and faith, doing the works of Jesus. And so what we're doing here in church on Sunday mornings, we're getting ready for the return of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. So Jesus is coming. But it says here that, that, that many people will be offended. And I think that, that some Christians can get offended in the last days. We can get offended, you know, with God. We can get offended with our circumstances. We can get offended with the economy. We can get offended with our government. We can get offended with, in so many different ways. And so we want to make sure that we're careful that we're not getting offended and that our love is not growing cold. In other words, you don't want to be walking around angry all the time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't want to be angry Christians. Amen. No, you want to be loving Christians. And so some people are just angry all the time. And, uh, and so we, we need to make sure that we're walking in the love of God. Check your love walk and make sure you're walking in the love of God. Make sure you're not in that crowd that's being offended and that your love is growing cold. So we know this, that if we are offended with people or with a company or whatever, it can cause bitterness to come into our lives. It, it can actually hurt our relationships with God. Well, our relationship with God, it can hurt that. And our relationship with people because, because you know, this life is relationship driven. It's not what you know, it's who you know and do you know Jesus. It's more than just having knowledge. Lots of people have knowledge, but do you know Jesus? Do you know, it's not what you know, it's in whom you know. And do you know Jesus? And we, that's what we're trying to endeavor to do on Sunday mornings is get you to know Jesus more. So if we are offended at times, it causes us to speak wrong. It causes us to think wrong. And in Ephesians 4, 29 to 32, this is the Apostle Paul. And he's, he's given us, you know, the Bible uh, will give us warnings. You know, the, the Bible is a great book. It's a book of promises on one side. But the Bible is also, on the other side, a book of warnings. Okay? Don't, don't just look at the promises and say, oh, I love the promises. But there are some warnings. Amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we got to make sure that we're walking on the straight and narrow path of life. Amen? So we want to heed the warnings and stand in the promises. Is that right? And so here, uh, some people don't like to read the Bible because they don't want to hear the warnings. <laughs> but to be ignorant of the word, there's no excuse. <laughs> you need to read the Bible. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't read my Bible. Well, the, the ignorance of the law is no excuse, as they would say in the court of law. Amen. So in Ephesians 4, 29, 32, uh, the Apostle Paul says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearer and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So we see here and we know this that he's saying let no corrupt word come out of our mouth. So, you know, there, you know, a lot of our sinning comes out of our mouths. A lot of people are like, it comes through our thinking. 
what we're thinking in our hearts and what we're speaking out of our mouths. And we know that the Israelites, they, they got offended with God. They started complaining in the wilderness. And God said it was an evil report. And, he's, and they kept complaining that God was going to kill them in the wilderness. And, and they got what they said. In other words, they, they allowed the circumstances to engulf them. But thank God, God still brought a remnant out into the promised land. And that's still like people in church today. There's going to be people that's going to stay in their wilderness until Jesus comes back. And there's going to be people that are going to get into the promised land and stay into the promised land. And some of you might feel like you're in a wilderness today. You might feel like you're dealing with some issues today. Well, you're coming out of your wilderness. I'm, I'm, I'm prophesying today. You're coming into a better place in God. Just because you are here today and you chose God this morning is telling me you're on the right track in getting in to your promised land. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Amen. And so we don't want, we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, so we can sadden the heart of God by our words. The Israelites did. And God, and God wanted all of them into the promised land. But, but, but our unbelief can hinder God from working in our life. So don't allow unbelief or don't allow bitterness to shut down the power of God in your life. The Bible says that faith works by love. And the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. And the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight and we live by faith. So if, that, if we have to live by faith, then living by faith is living by love. Because faith works by love. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? They're, they're strongly connected, amen? Our faith works, let me say it this way, let me say it this way. Our faith works by the degree of love that we have for the Father, amen? And the degree of love that we have for other people. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? How much, how much love do you have for the Father? Well, it's, it's in direct correlation, I, I hate to say it this morning, in direct correlation to your love to other people. Remember what Jesus said, what you've done to the least of these, you've done unto me. Amen. Amen. So, so how you love people, in a sense, is how you love God. Amen. Amen. So, so you might say, well, I don't like people. Well, you might not like God too much either. Amen. Amen. No, no, no. You've got to love people. You may not love everything that people do. I don't, love that, I don't love everything that people do. People do some dumb things. We don't love the dumb things they do, but we do love people because they're made in the image of God. Amen. And that they're priceless. And, and we love people because God loves people in spite of their problems. Amen. And so here, uh, he says here in Ephesians, he says, let all bitterness, Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness... Wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, be put away with all malice. And so malice is, what that means is it's the intention to hurt. And I'm going to say this, I don't think, I don't think most people are out there intending to hurt us. I think sometimes people just make mistakes. People just make mistakes and we take it as a personal front against us. And, and what we need to realize is that, that there might be 
uh, people think people may do some things, but it may not be intentional, and we take it as intentional, and that what causes us to have a false, what I call false offense. Amen. I remember that uh, I gave this uh, example before. My I asked my wife to do something for me and uh, make me something to eat, and uh, and she and she made me something, but it wasn't what I asked her to make me. And I and I, this was years ago, almost three weeks ago. Amen. And uh, I've been married for 15 years. And I, I got mad because I, I was angry because she, because she wasn't, you know, I felt she wasn't listening to me. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever got angry with a person because you talked to them and they didn't hear what you said or they did something different? And then you get angry because you feel like that they're not paying attention to you. Right? My wife would say that most times. She says, she said, I just said that twice, you know. Uh, and, and so sometimes we get angry because we feel like that. But, but people just make people hear differently. People don't hear everything you say. They just sometimes they hear parts of it. Amen. Amen. And then and then and then we get mad and we think that they're doing it on purpose. Amen. I want to say this, man. Your wife is a blessing of God to you. Amen. And, and wives, your husband is a somewhat blessing to you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Amen. Amen. So what, 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 what is Paul exhorting us to do? Well, he's exhorting us not to allow bitterness or wrath or, or evil speaking. You know, in other words, the Bible says that we ought to think on things that are good, that are lovely, that have good report, rapport. If you're thinking on good things, it's hard for you going to be speaking bad things. Think on the things that are good. Think on the things that are pure. Think on the things that are lovely, of good report. Think on those things. You keep those things thinking. My, my mom has that, has that scripture on her refrigerator. Thinking good things. Amen? I read that just the other day. I was at my mom's house. And I said, oh, that's good. I need to put that on my refrigerator. Think on good things. Amen? Look at your name and say, think on good things. And now it says in Ephesians 4.32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So, so how, do, how do we forgive as Christ forgives? Uh, our sin, no matter how big or small it is, and most of the time we see ourselves in rose-colored glasses of good. We see ourselves as better than most people. Can I, can I get a witness? A lot of times we don't see ourselves as being that bad. Amen. And if you're criticizing or minimizing or talking down about other people, you're definitely seeing yourself being very elevated. You're elevating yourself. And the Bible says this, that you should not think more highly of yourself as you ought to think, but think soberly. For God has dealt every man the measure of faith. Which means that every person has a special gift that God has given them. And that gift they can walk out and do that you may not be able to do. So there's, there's things that, that God has gifted everybody with. And, and, and that the gift that God has not given us is the gift of criticism. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Amen. And so, and so we want to be more like God. I, I, I want to be more like God. Amen. I, I want to be like my head. I don't want to be like the devil. 
I want to be more like God. How many people want to be more like God in here? Well, well, in James 2.13, the Bible says, For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. But mercy triumphs over judgment. So he's saying here, this is, this is a, a warning and a blessing. He said, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. In other words, if you want God's mercy on your life, you need to show mercy. I'm preaching today. I'm preaching today. And if you're not showing any mercy, you may not receive too much mercy from the... Oh, I'm preaching today. But if you're showing mercy, are you listening to what I'm saying today? You may receive some mercy. Then he says, mercy triumphs over judgment. Or you could say it this way. Let me just break it down to you. Mercy triumphs over a judgmental attitude. Mm. I'm preaching today. I'm preaching to myself. Amen. Mercy triumphs over a judgmental attitude. So we got to be very careful that we're not being judgmental. Amen. I like this because I want to be like God. I know you guys want to be like God. Psalms 103, 8 through 12. This is, you know, the characteristics of God. I love this. And, and, And it says here, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punish us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Now, why I'm reading this? Because God is so merciful and he's slow to anger. And so we need to be people slow to anger. We need to be people that abound in mercy. We need to be people that, 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 let, that let bygones be bygones, if I may. In other words, just let things go. We just need to let things go. We don't want to hold on to things. We just need to let things go. And it says here that, that God lets things go as far for our sins. He says as far as the east and west, he casts our sins as far as the east is from the west. They, it, does, it does never meet. So what, what I'm saying, why does God, why is he so slow to anger and abounding in mercy? Why, you know, because the pinnacle of our faith and the pinnacle of Christianity is, yes, is Jesus, it's salvation. But what is the pinnacle of salvation? Forgiveness. The pinnacle, in other words, you have been forgiven. Glory to God. That's the pinnacle. If you want to think about it, you know, you know, there's a bumper sticker that says, I may not be perfect, but I'm forgiven. Amen. We may not be perfect. We may not have everything right, do everything right, but we're forgiven. Our, our sins are washed in the sea of forgetfulness. I hit on this every once in a while. You don't lose your right standing in God because you mess up. Because righteousness that's imputed to us when we receive Jesus, when we receive Jesus, we receive our sins forgiven, and we receive a gift of righteousness, and that's a gift that's imputed to us or imparted to us, which means righteousness only means that we have right standing with God because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. And thank God for that. Thank God. We should be thanking 
you know, I, I don't want to say lucky stars, but we want to be thanking God that we have forgiveness every time we wake up. His mercies are renewed every morning. Amen. So, so I, I'm going to talk to you about an incident here in the Bible in the Corinthian church. And sometimes when you're walking in love, you have to bring correction into the body. Sometimes when you're walking in love, you need to bring correction to your brothers and sisters. If, if, if you're walking in love, you don't want them going the wrong direction. You, 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 want, you want to stop them from getting into a place called the judgment zone or the chastisement zone. What do I mean by that? The Bible says that if you're in Christ and we're walking in some wrong areas, God will chastise us. And then God can also judge us. That's, a, that's, another, that's another level. And, and the chastisement of God. Amen. And then there's the judgment of God. Amen. And so, and so we got to get a revelation of that. So, uh, so uh, we have to understand that God will correct. Now, in 1 Corinthians 5, 1 and 2, uh, this was a, a person in the church. And, it's, and let me just read it. It says in, in 1 Corinthians 5, 1 and 2, it says, It's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife, and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned, that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. Uh, for indeed, as absent in body, but present in spirit, I have already judged as though I were present him who has done this deed. So we see here uh, what, what's going on is uh, a man is having... It, it, it's with his, uh, let me just read it in the message Bible, message translation. I think it will bear it out a little bit more clear. It says, I also receive a report of scandalous sex with, uh, within your church family, a kind that wouldn't be tolerated even outside the church. One of a man is sleeping with his stepmother, and you're so above it all that it doesn't even phase you. Shouldn't this break your hearts? Shouldn't it bring you to your knees in tears? Shouldn't this person in his conduct be confronted and dealt with? Amen. And that, that's a little bit more clear. So 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 there was a person in the church that that was that was doing something totally wrong. Amen. First of all, your body belongs to Christ. Amen. And then then having an adulterous relationship with your stepmother is pretty crazy. And uh, and so what did Paul say? He said he had to judge and he exhorted the people of the church to to tell that man either get right or he would have to leave the church. Either repent and stop, or, or he would have leisure. So, so to to keep the church from going, you know, from from a judgment call being placed on the church, the church had to ask him to either repent or leave. He couldn't stay, and so that's that's a strong judgment. That's a strong judgment, and so why? Because if he gets outside the church, and Bible actually said that Paul prayed that Satan would be loosed on him, that his flesh. Would, would, would be hurt, so hopefully he'll be saved at, in the last day of, of, of the return of Jesus or when, when he gets to that, to, that, to that place of judgment. And so, and so in 2 Corinthians, uh, we got to understand this, that people do repent. People do, uh, they, they, people can change. People aren't always the same. Just because a person did you wrong today doesn't mean that they're doing people wrong tomorrow. Amen. People can change. People need a second chance. And you might say, I've, I've given them a second chance. I'm give, well, 
Look, I'm going to continue to read because, because Jesus said we should forgive 70 times 7. That's an innumerable amount of times. Amen? So here in 2 Corinthians, it picks up, it's connected to 1 Corinthians. Uh, Paul says, This punishment which was afflicted by the majority is sufficient for such as a man, so that on the contrary you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up in too much sorrow. Therefore, I urge you, reaffirm your love to him. So what happened was that Paul uh, was revealed to Paul that this man, you know, he severed his relationship, apparently, with his stepmother, and he, and he repented. And the people had a hard time kicking him out, but once they kicked him out, they had a hard time bringing him back in. And so what Paul was saying to them was, bring them back, bring him back in. You know, he's repented. He's turned from his ways, his wicked ways. And bring them back in. So why? So, because, uh, so he can be established again. Amen. See, see, Christianity is the only army that shoots his wounded. If we, we, because somebody makes a mistake, that mistake's on their head for the rest of their lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And, and you know what? Thank God that God is a God of do-overs. God is a God of U-turns. And God is a God of new beginnings. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? He's a U-turn God. You can make a U-turn in God. He's a God of the fresh start. He's a God of the new beginning. Why? What brings us into new beginnings with God? Repentance. Repenting. What is repentance? Turning from, from your evil ways to God's way. Repenting. Is saying, God, I, I, I'm lining my life up with you. I, I'm believing that you are, uh, you're right and I'm wrong. Amen. Amen. We're lining our, our ways up with God's ways. If God says, you know, the Ten Commandments, uh, you know, is, is an Old Testament thing, but we still should know the Ten Commandments. We got them back there on the wall. Yes, the two commandments we go with as Christians, as new covenant believers, is to love your Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That hangs the entire Ten Commandments. So you're not going to want to lie, cheat, and steal from people. Amen? You're not going to want to, you know, you don't want to covet and be greedy and all that. So, so if you love God, you're not going to be doing those things. If you love people, you're not going to be hurting people. Amen? Amen. And so we need, we need to make sure that we're walking in love with one another. Uh, we need to make sure that, that we're walking love towards our spouse. Husbands, you need, you know, in Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, and demonstrate that love. Uh, in Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, it says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ has also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the water, with the washing of the water of the word. So we see here that, that Paul is exhorting husbands to love the wives. Amen. Glory to God. Why would he exhort husbands to love the wives? Because sometimes husbands love their jobs more than they love. Oh, I'm preaching today. Love their career more than they love their. Because men were created to work. Amen. And sometimes we can get things out of order. Hallelujah. And then and then we need to show love to our kids. We need to demonstrate love to our kids. And Ephesians 6, 4 says, And your fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Yes, your kids can get on your nerves. 
Yes, your kids can do things that can disappoint you. Yes, your kids, my, 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 by the time we were, we were, were on vacation last week, we, I visited, we went and visited my, uh, my, um, my wife's parents in Florida, and we, we were only there, we had two full days of travel and three days over there. Monday we traveled all day, so Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. By the time Thursday rolled around, Christopher was saying, I want to go home. And he was saying it loud and obnoxiously. And he was saying it in front of everybody. I want to, and he kept saying it. And he kept saying it. I want to go home. I want to go home. I said, Christopher, for not going home right now. I want to go home. Then I said again, Yen, do you want to go home? <laughs> and he just kept at it. He didn't care who was around. He was like, I'm done. I'm done. I want, I want to be back in that. And he did it for over an hour. And I'm thinking, I said, I said, what kind of kid are we raising in? <laughs> He's the youngest. I guess you always spoil the youngest, don't you? Right? You get, they get less punishment than the older ones, right? The older siblings. And, uh, but he kept saying, I want to go home. And I almost chanted, I want to go home too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so he was just being homesick. But what am I saying? I say sometimes people will do things that will disappoint us. Sometimes people in a relationship will do things that will disappoint us. But, but, but understand that they're just people. They're fallible. They have issues. They have problems. And plus, we're, and, and plus this planet isn't devil free. And so you got wrong spirits working on people all the time. Amen. The Bible actually says that the devil will be put away for a thousand years and, and, and the Bible says when the devil is put away and all his cohorts, all the demonic spirits are put away, be locked down for a thousand years in the millennium, amen, uh, that, that there's not going to be any hurt, nobody's going to be hurt or anything. There's not going to be any problems. But, but, but then the devil's going to be released again, and then that's when all the problems are going to come. Amen. Why? Because the devil works on people. And so, and so, yes, he will work on our flesh, glory to God. That's why we need to make sure we're thinking right and speaking right and acting right, glory to God. Because the devil may, may, make, you know, may give you a suggestion to, to, to kill your spouse, but don't act on it. Don't act on it. You might get that. Oh, I'm, you know. Hey, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Just like they were asking uh, Ruth, uh, 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 Billy Graham's wife, you know, he did a lot of traveling and he sacrificed a lot for the ministry. Billy Graham was a great evangelist. And, uh, and, and he sacrificed a lot. He was always traveling. She wasn't always with him, Ruth Graham. And they asked Ruth if, if he, she ever thought about divorce. She said, never thought about divorce. Murder, yes. <laughs> divorce, never. <laughs> You hear what I say today? So, so what I'm saying, the enemy will try to get us to think wrong, to to avenge our own selves, beloved. But we don't want to avenge our own selves. Amen. Glory to God. And so it says, look, uh, let's look at what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not compromise of morals. It's not compromise. Just somebody does something wrong. Forgiving them doesn't mean you're letting them off the hook in a sense. And, that, and it's okay for them to walk in that, those ways. No, no. You, you forgive them uh, uh, because of your sake and not their sake. 
You forgive people for your sake, not for their sake. But it is for their sake as well, because if you're not, if you're holding unforgiveness on somebody, it keeps them in a certain set of bondage, Jesus said, when he, when he talked to his disciples, when he came back from the grave, amen? One of the first things Jesus said, if you hold somebody's sins against them, that sin is held. And if you forgive them, it's released. Glory to God. Number two, forgiveness is not violation of justice. If I forgive them, they are getting away with injustice. I'm going to say this, nobody gets away with anything. And I'm going to say this, that your deeds will always catch up with you. Your good deeds, and the positive side, your good deeds, you're doing good things, you're coming to church, you're praying, you're tithing, you're, 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 you're doing good for people, uh, your deeds will manifest. Good things will happen, eventually happen. But bad deeds, you, you, go, you do the wrong things, eventually bad things will start to happen. In other words, we'll reap what we sow. So what am I saying to you today? I'm saying to, to you today, forgiveness does not mean it's going to let them off the hook. Amen? It, it actually allows God to work in their life to try to bring some correction in their life. In Romans 12, 19, it says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to the wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. So when we release somebody from, uh, from the debt we feel that they owe us because they hurt us, when we release them, it gives God the power, amen, and we pray for them, it gives God the power to work in their lives. Forgiveness is not avoiding the conflict. Sometimes you say, well, I'm just letting it go. Well, well sometimes people can do things and you just can't let it go. There are times where you might have to confront the, the situation or the, and it's good that you confront it because you want to confront bad behavior. Why? Because whenever you're in a relationship and somebody has bad behavior, you have to set up guidelines. And if you don't, they will continue their bad behavior. And pretty soon it becomes a one-sided relationship. Amen? And you keep trying to forgive, but you know it keeps building up. And if you're the quiet person that never says anything, you'll end up blowing up. Because eventually it's going to be the last straw that breaks the camel's back. Any mild people that we have in here, you let it go for a certain time. But pretty soon, you're, you're gonna, you're, your cork's going to blow. Amen? You'll be like, even like Fred Flintstone, you know, he, he was a hothead, right? His cork would blow with Barney Rubble. Amen? Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So we got to be careful. Amen? And so, so in Matthew 18, 15, it says here, this is Jesus. He's actually saying this. Jesus is actually telling us this. He says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Jesus said that. Between you and him alone. There we go. There we go. In other words, you don't start telling everybody, do you know what this brother did to me? <laughs> did you know how that stinker, how he treated me? Did you know what he said? No, he says here, if your brother sins against you, uh, tell him his fault between you and him and your posse. <laughs> right? No, no, you and him alone. And then he says, if he hears you, you have gained your brother. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? 
this is good. This is this is good practical teaching this morning. Amen. This will this will help us to move forward in our walk with God. Uh, number four, forgiveness is not automatic trust. If somebody does something, if a spouse does something that 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 erodes your trust, there might be a time period where you have to, you know, uh, if they repent, you need to, you know, a process for them to gain your trust back. Amen. And so trust, in a sense, there's a process of gaining trust with an individual. And, and a continued good behavior gains trust. Amen. Forgiveness is not absence of pain. We can forgive even if we still have pain over that situation. So number one, how do you do that? If you're dealing with pain in your life over what somebody did... You might first want to pray, you know, you hear this, pray for that person, but you might need to pray for yourself first. Ask God to help you forgive. Say, God, I need your help in this situation. I need you to help me to see things in a different light. I need you to help me. Maybe you need to see me, show me some things. Uh, Joyce Meyer was always arguing with his, her husband, Dave Meyer, uh, in the early stages of their marriage and and so, and because she had a lot of hurt and pain and she would just, she would complain and bicker and she, she, she pray to God, God, you need to change Dave. You need to change his ways. And God finally, you know, spoke to her one day and said, really, Dave doesn't really need that much changing. You need the changing. And, and, and God revealed some areas in her life that she was short tempered and she was impatient and she was uh, uh, selfish and she cried for three days when God spoke to her and revealed some areas in her life. In other words, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, if you're going to get some, somebody's life right, uh, if you're going to try to straighten somebody else's life, you better straighten your life out first. And, and Jesus said, if, there's, if you see you know, a, 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 a little speck in somebody else's eye, you better take the log out of your own eye first. Then once the log is out of your eye, then you can... See clearly to, to remove their speck out of your brother or sister's eyes. Amen. Amen. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness is release of debt. In other words, that a person, uh, if you walking, in, forgiveness is, is the release of debt. In other words, that person owes you nothing. In other words, if you think that that person, now, you know, they, they need to repent, but even if they don't repent, you still can forgive. Mm, I'm preaching. Even if they never say they're sorry, you still can forgive. And let God work on their hearts. Unfor- in unforgiveness, the person owes. Two things we do in releasing debt. We release the account to God and we release the person to God. Amen. In Matthew, Jesus talks about, and Peter actually comes to, I guess the disciples had issues with each other. We know that they must have. You, know, you, you get a people in a group, it's hard for everybody to get along all the time. And even in a church, there's going to be issues. And that's why the Bible says, bear with one another. And Peter came in Matthew 8, 21, 35. Peter came to him and said, came to Jesus, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the, and then he goes into the story of the kingdom is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But he was not able to pay. 
his master commanded that he be sold and his wife and his children all he had and, and payment be made. Then the servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I'll pay you all. Then the master and all the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him of his debt. But the servant went out and found out his fellow servant who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet, begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I'll pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when the fellow servants saw that he had been done, they were very grieved and came and told the master all that he had done. And the master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all your debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I have pity on you? And his master was angry. He delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due. So my heavenly Father will also do to you, to each one of you who doesn't forgive from the heart. Amen. And so we see here, this is a great story because uh, our sin uh, uh, against God, even the littlest sin, put Jesus on the cross. Our sin is big to God. Even a little white lie to God is sin, and it's big to God. Amen. And so we need to understand that. So, so what God has forgiven us of, amen, a lifetime of sin, we should be able to forgive our brothers and sisters of a little infraction. Oh, you listen to what I'm saying to you today. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, uh, it, it, in the Lord's Prayer, in the sandwich in the Lord's Prayer, uh, it says... Uh, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Notice it's connected. It, God forgives us as we forgive others. Jesus said this, if you don't forgive others, my heavenly Father won't forgive you. And you say, well, we're New Testament. We, we, got, we got the grace card on this. That's covered. I don't believe that's covered. I believe that we got to walk in love and forgiveness. Amen. Jesus forgave us in our sinful state. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was being persecuted. He was being uh, crucified. They were doing all kinds of manner of evil against him, spitting on him, telling him to get off the cross. And he prays for those that, that were uh, coming against him. And, and this is amazing. God, Jesus it was praying for us before we got saved. I'm preaching today. Jesus was praying for us because the Bible says Jesus is, uh, he's still an intercessor. And he's praying in heaven today. And Jesus is praying that our faith won't fail. And in Romans 5, 8, 9, it says, but God demonstrated his own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by his blood. Oh my Lord, we are justified by his blood. That we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Listen, you, you may say, people may not understand this terminology. People that don't know God, that aren't saved. When you say, I got saved. People say, what does that mean? That means that you got saved from the wrath of God to come. That means that God's, God right now, God, we're in, you know, right now we're in the dispensation of grace. But you know, when Jesus comes back and picks us up, it's going to be the dispensation of wrath. Yes, sir. 
In other words, all hell is going to be breaking loose. Once Jesus picks us up, it's going to be Armageddon. It's going to be bad out here. The Antichrist is going to be ruling and reigning. There's going to be a lot of bad stuff happening. And that's going to be the age of God's wrath. The, the, the wrath of the Father, the first three and a half years, and the, and the, and the wrath of the Son. Amen? But Jesus is coming back. Uh, we're coming back the second time. You know, the first time is the rapture of the church. And then he's coming back to set up his earthly kingdom down here. Amen. And so we got to understand this, that we're saved from the wrath to come. We're saved from an eternity in hell. We need to get up every day thanking God for that. We need to get up every day that God is merciful to us. And you can forgive like Jesus. You say, well, Jesus is in a class by himself. Yes, he might be in a class by himself, but I'm going to say this, and the Bible says in Romans 5, 5, when we get Jesus in our hearts, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So you have the same potential. You have the same capacity to forgive like Jesus. And you might say, I beg the difference. No, you do, because Stephen preached to the Pharisees a great sermon in Acts chapter 7. And he preached a message and then he told these Pharisees that they were hard-hearted, always resisting the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and they got so angry with, and, and Stephen was under the, the, the presence and the anointing of God. And, uh, and they stoned Stephen to death. They, started, they picked up stones and they threw it at him. And Stephen, before he died, cried out and said, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So what am I saying to you today? Stephen was a regular guy. He was a regular person. He was, he was a Christian. He loved the Lord. But he had the power why they were stoning him to pray for those like Jesus did. And I'm going to say this to you this morning. You have the power to walk in love. You have the power to forgive. You have the power not to have anything, any person hinder you. Don't let what somebody does destroy your abundant life in Jesus Christ. Don't let what they did corrupt you and get bitterness on the inside of you. Don't allow other people to dictate your attitude. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Don't allow them to bring you down. Don't allow them to get you down and, and, and ticked off and get angry. No, 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 no. Don't let them do that. You pray for them. You pray for yourself and then you pray for them. And, and pretty soon God starts working on their hearts. And pretty soon a humbling lesson will come into their lives. And pretty soon they will wake up and say, man, I've, I've, been, I've been in the wrong. I, there's been areas in my life and... And God, just like he did with Joyce Meyer, he revealed some areas in her life where she needed to grow through so she, so she could walk in that abundant life. So what am I talking to you today? I'm talking to you today that you have the power to, to forgive people of, of, of the sins against you. You have power to, to release it. You release that debt to God. You, you, re, you, re, you release it to God. Allow God to work on them. And, and then, and then you, you have the power... To, to have the grace of God work in your life. And I'm, I'm going to say this, that, that holding a grudge against somebody is like you drinking poison and hoping they will die. You've heard that before. I stole that from somebody, amen? <laughs> Glory to God. 
And, you know, holding unforgiveness, holding resentment, holding bitterness against somebody, it, it, it is, it, it's like a poison that we drink every day. And, you, and, you, and the antidote to that poison, glory to God, of bitterness and unforgiveness is the love of God. The antidote is, the, is the, the, the peace of God. It's the joy of the Holy Spirit. When we release it, then God's peace can come back into our lives. When we release these things, then God's joy can come back into our lives. When we release it. So I'm saying to you this morning, you just release it and let it go. And allow God's healing power to work in your lives. Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you. That you are so good. And I thank you that you forgave us while we were yet sinners. And I thank you that your forgiving power, that you throw our sins as far as the east is from the west. Father, I thank you for those out here in the audience, those watching online. And perhaps you're here today. Maybe, maybe you haven't experienced the forgiveness of the Father. Well, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Today is a day that you can walk in that abundant life of forgiveness. So if that's you today and you know you need God's forgiveness today, you just need to pray this prayer and I believe it will usher you in to the love of our Heavenly Father. Just say this after me and mean your heart. Say, Dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.